your holy name. You are our Yahweh, Alpha and Omega. Thank you, Lord, for establishing this day. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us before you. Lord, we pray, O Lord, that you grant us, O Lord, that through your word we may gain understanding. Grant us eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that understands, that your name alone may be lifted up. Your word says, O Lord, that the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. May you through your Spirit, Lord, revive us. May you through your Spirit, O Lord, energize us, that your name alone will be glorified and exalted. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Good morning, church. We would like to thank our, the leadership of this church and all our fathers in the Lord for the good work they are doing in the Lord's vineyard and for giving us a platform to present and... Um, and share the gospel with the church this morning. Praise the Lord. So we've given a topic that says, I and the children God has given me are for signs and wonders. And this topic is taken from, from where we read our first lesson. 
Please, I would like us to turn our Bibles to that place in Isaiah chapter 8. Before we go on, I would like to give a brief background to what led to the statement in verse 18. Now, Isaiah the prophet obtained a word from the Lord. And the Lord said to him, I'm about to speak to you concerning Mahashalahashbers, meaning hasting to the spoil. And I would like you to put this prophecy in writing in the presence of two witnesses. And the Lord called Uriah, the high priest, and Zechariah to be a witness to this prophecy. Now, within the period, Isaiah had a son. And the Lord said, go ahead and call him Mahashalahashbers, meaning hasten to the spoil. And before this child is yet to say, my father, my mother, that the riches of Damascus and that of Samaria will be carried away by the king of Assyria. And this is coming to pass because these people have rejected the Lord. They have forsaken the rivers of Shiloh, which flow smoothly. And this is like an, a, a, a symbol of God's sustaining power and his provision over his people. And he said he's going to, they are going to suffer the damages that would occur. Then from verse 11, God starts giving Isaiah stain warning as to how he will be able to live, why this prophecy comes to pass. And God says, do not be part of their conspiracy. Neither do you become, do you fear their fear. Only I, the Most High, will you hallow. Because he's setting a stumbling block against the people. And he said, many shall stumble, many shall be broken, many shall be snared. But for you, Isaiah, from from verse 16, he said, for you, Isaiah, I would like you to bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. Then Isaiah, in response to the Lord, said, And I will wait on the Lord, who hides his face from the house of Jacob. And I will hope in him. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders to Israel, from the Lord of hosts, who dwells in Mount Zion. Praise the Lord. So most times when we hear about this topic, I and the children the Lord has given me, it goes with a lot of excitement, especially the part that says they are for signs and wonders. And all of us would like to witness God's children exhibiting dominion and showing forth the goodness of God, showing forth signs and wonders, opening um, blind eyes, opening deaf ears, and even causing the dead to be raised to life. Praise God. But today God has a, a different emphasis. And his emphasis is on that verse 16. He says, bind up my testimony and seal the law among my disciples. Meaning that God is after a life that is well established in him. That is well rooted in him. That has been taught that even at the time that the signs and wonders will follow forth, the individual would not be carried away by the things that he is experiencing because he knows that it is not by his own strength, but it is by the Spirit of God that is doing those things through his life. So naturally, from what we are told in the Bible, God says this sign shall naturally follow God's people. In God's name, 
they shall be able to cast out demons. They shall be able to do great wonders. Praise the Lord. So for everything God does in our life, God seeks for a way of continuing that work. God seeks for continuity. And Isaiah also understanding this, what God said, the import of it, said, I and the children the Lord has given me will be for signs and wonders because I am willing to yield myself as an example so that my children will equally follow suit in obeying the Lord. And in doing this, we find out that from all the encounters that God has had in the Bible, when he comes and he appears to his people, he always has to you know, introduce himself in a certain way. And he will say, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. And because the people understood the work that God did in the life of Abraham, how God brought him out from his people and said, go and I'll show you a place that you'll be. And he continued. And while in that journey, where he had many odds against him, he believed in God against all those odds. And the Bible tells us that it was counted to him as righteousness. And God established a covenant in him. And through him also extended this covenant in the life of Isaiah, sorry, in the life of Isaac and also in the life of Jacob. And also by extension to us. Praise God. So as human beings really, you know, um, if I if I would say for instance that all of us are like business owners, especially these days that, you know, things are just happening in the economy. And we all have a business like an established brand like Innocent Cross Cherries. And how many of us will like while in our lifetime we watch this business go down? And is not able to sustain and to, stay and to stand the taste of time. So we find out that all of us will want that business to blossom, to grow, to expand. And also by extension also we'll be able to give it to our children. And possibly to our children's children. That when they are talking they'll say, this is what my um, grandfather did. This is the business that our family does. And it has been given to us. Praise the Lord. So how much more our Heavenly Father... The faith that he's, uh, he has entrusted to us, the life that he has given us, he actually expects from us that this life and the faith that we profess should be able to be given to our children, that they will be strong in God and the power of his might, that they can say boldly, I am willing to contend for this faith. Praise God. We see in um, Psalm 145, verse 4. Now, um, the psalmist exalting the name of God and thanking God for all his goodness. He said something striking in verse 4. He said, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That means one generation shall praise the name of the Lord. It does not end with that generation. As they are declaring the mighty acts of the Lord, they are also doing what? Extending it to their children. Praise God. So it is a question that is posed to us. Is the faith that we, are, that we are professing what handing down to our children? And if it's what handing down to our children, what are we doing to be able to do that? Praise God. So a, a generation can be said to be a group of people who are living at any point in time. And sometimes we describe a generation based on the attributes that they share. You know, these days when we talk, we might say, ah, this generation of Christians, they don't like persecution. This generation of doctors, 
they do this or do that, you know. So we find out that a generation like this, our young generation, children that are coming on, how can we describe them? If we are given an opportunity to describe them, how can we describe them? Can we describe them as people who are willing to carry on the faith? Can we describe them as people that we can entrust with the gifts of God that God has embedded in our lives, that they are able to run? The Bible says they are the ones that will contend with the enemy at the gate. Praise God. Then also it says that um, a generation can also be explained as from 20 years to 30 years. That is this period when a child is born, the child grows up, the child becomes an adult and is able to take certain responsibility and also makes his own decision. Now, at that point, when a child grows and comes to that point, is it at that point that I will start telling him, ah, you're not supposed to go to these people, though. you're not supposed to get married to so and so, you're not supposed to, because at that point, the child's mind is already formed. And no matter how we try to do it, at that point, they will rebel against us. But at this point that they are still small, Everything that we need is like writing a program in their hearts. And if we're able to write that program effectively, the Bible says they will do what? They will continue to go and they shall not fall short from that which is written concerning them. Praise God. So we also see there are two people, just to, no, it can be more, but two people that I want to draw from the Bible that were not able to extend God's, what God was doing in their life also, in the life of their children. And one is Eli. And we are told that Eli knew what his children were doing, who were supposed to succeed him as priest. And we find out in 1 Samuel chapter 2, from verse 10 to 36, we see that he saw the things that they were doing. People were complaining to him. But at, at some point, he just told them, ah, my sons, this thing you are doing is not good. Though. You people are not honoring God by what you are doing. And the Bible tells us and states because he was weak in disciplining his children that he also partook in their judgment. Praise God. And that will not be our, our, our portion in Jesus' name. Because we will be strong in discipline. We will also be strong in helping them, guiding them so that anything that we tell them will be engraved in their hearts. Praise God. Now in First Samuel chapter 8 from 1 to 3. We also see the life of Samuel. And Samuel grew in the house of Eli. And he knew the Lord. And he walked differently. Inasmuch as he was dwelling in the midst of um, Eli's children. He was not corrupted. He knew what was right and he distinguished himself. But something happened also to Samuel in chapter 2. Sorry. 1 Samuel chapter 8 from 1 to 3. And then we are told that Samuel had his own sons. He had his own son. Let me draw my um, emphasis from verse 3. He said, But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Then he said, The elders now came to complain. Praise God. Now, the sons of, El um, of Samuel also learned the way of the Lord. But they were not able to sustain it. And if um, he had the same challenge that Eli had in disciplining his children, I'm sure the Bible would have mentioned it, but the Bible did not mention it. It said these children did what? They turned aside. Meaning that possibly they were learning what was good. 
Possibly when they were growing, they knew what was right to do in order to honor God. But voluntarily, they turned aside and said, Ah, I mean, in this judgment, we can actually get money when we, are, when we are dispersing judgment. And they started collecting bribes. And they started doing, the Bible says, dishonest gain. And by so doing, they drew also the wrath of the people. And the, 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 the priesthood that they were occupying also was relieved from them. Praise God. Now, for young people, there is a possibility because all our parents, like in these days, is fashionable. You know, every Sunday we come to church, every Sunday we are here. It's, you know, normal for young people, you know, to tally along, to follow their parents. But somehow, too, there can be a state of the heart that your heart might not be completely yielded to what your parents are doing or to what they are teaching or even to this, the, the teachings that you receive in church because when it will be tested is when you leave the confines of the home when we find ourselves in the university ah, you have unlimited freedom liberty you decide where to go to church you decide when to sleep and to wake up at such moments what will our decision be? are we going to continue with the workings of the Lord in the lives of our parents? Or are we going to turn aside like the sons of Samuel who turned aside and did not honor their father or even or continue with the lineage? Praise God. So this will not be our portion. And it is um, important to understand that, you know, the devil really is targeting at families. And sometimes too, true godly parents, if we cannot get the godly parents, he will be targeting the children or targeting the young, the young ones, that's the youths. And we should understand because at every point in time, just like Revelation 3.20 says, that he stands at the door of our hearts and he's knocking. And he says, if any man hears my word and he opens, I will come in and dwell with him. But sometimes as a young person, you know, we will not be fully yielded as far why should i really give my life completely there's so much enjoyment to be to be done on earth i mean when i'm advanced maybe when i'm married hey, that time i can now start you know following god with my whole heart praise god but i want to say from my own experience because at a point after my secondary school i knew that god was knocking seriously in my heart and it's something that you i couldn't really I couldn't really kind of suppress because every time he kept coming and I said, well, God, you are calling me for a serious work with you, but you know I have a problem. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. Just leave me the way I am, you know. I love you. I am very good though, in terms of going to church and everything. I'm okay the way I am. But God continued and kept on knocking in my heart. So one day I said, see, that my only challenge is being a hypocrite. And from the things I see, I'm not impressed by the people that I see that profess Christ. And while I was still saying this thing, a word welled up from inside me, and it said, unto him that is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before the Father with great joy. Immediately I heard that word. Something inside of me now screamed for joy. I was like, hey, God, I am still talking about mundane things, how I'm going to live in this life, how I'm going to represent you fully as your child. You have already gone ahead of me and you're declaring the day that will be presented before the Father. And he said, with great joy. Obokwa, 
eh, this is Choma, <laughs> this is your daughter Choma, he said they will be rejoicing, they will be giving thanks and exalting God because this one has been preserved. And this is the same thing that God wants to do in each and every one of us life. That he wants to preserve us. It is not by mind. Just like the word of God said, it is not by mind, it is not by power, but it is by God's spirit. Because if you try to please God in the flesh, it is almost impossible. Because this flesh rebels. This flesh cannot withhold, cannot be able to stand the instructions. If you, if, you, if you want to taste it, just the traffic light. Sometimes even when you're seeing it and if there's no police there, like today, many people are just passing. It's already red though, people are just passing. But you find that the flesh does not really stand all the rules and laws and all of that. But what God, does God do? He circumcises our hearts. He gives us that ability to be people who are law-abiding people. He gives us the ability that even when the law requires this, we are able to even give beyond what the requirements of the law entails. Praise the Lord. So God wants to strengthen us as young people. And as Paul said, he said that we are the true circumcision of the Spirit. You know, who worship the Father in the Spirit, rejoicing in Him, and we have no confidence in the flesh. So don't count your flesh when you're trying to please God. Or think you can please God through your own strength. But always rely on God. And he will also preserve you and present you before the Father with great joy. Praise the Lord. So with um, okay, our little children, we know that it is not only in the hearts of big people that God always knocks. Praise God. Is it just in, our, in the hearts of our daddies and mommies and the youths that God is always knocking? He also knocks in the hearts of little children. And he comes, the way we sing, Behold, behold, we know song, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. If any man hears my voice, if any man hears my voice, and he... I will come in. So when we open the door of our hearts, he enables us to be his children. Praise God. The things that we see some of our classmates do, our hearts will reject it. And you know that sometimes when our parents give us instructions, is it easy to obey? It's not easy. Sometimes our body will not even, they'll say sit down in the house, we want to go outside. We want to play. But they say sit down in the house, don't go anywhere. They might say, ah, don't make sure you're not playing rough like this. You say, ah, 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 I prefer to somersault. Praise the Lord. And some of us, when somersaulting, we, we also enjoy ourselves. And after that, we'll still come back and start crying and start saying, Daddy, see my head, oh, I injured myself. Praise the Lord. And that, is, and that is the consequences of disobedience. So God wants to walk in our hearts so that we can be able to obey God and do his word. Praise the Lord. So for our mommies and daddies and all the youths, there are certain things that God wants to do. And he also expects us to be able to do this. How can we, how can we hand over the lineage, the things that God has entrusted in our lives to our children? And one of them is that he expects us to teach. This one is not about, uh, some people say, ah, mama, jump on my hey, oh my God, I had it too rowdy. You know, when I, when I jump on, can I make it? No. 
It's not about that. Because that teaching, nobody can do it for you. You cannot delegate a class teacher to do it. It is through your own life, as you are living as an example, just the way Isaiah said, I am setting myself as an example, and my children also will follow suit. So God expects us to be able to teach. And we'll look at Psalm 78 from verse 2 to 7. Can someone read that for us? Psalm 78 from verse 2 to 7. And that person, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. And that person, Deuteronomy 6, 7 to 9. I will put my mouth a parable. I will utter that saying of those which have which, ha- which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us, and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set his heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So from... Deuteronomy 6, 7-9 And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy, thine hand, and they shall be as frontless, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on the gates. Praise God. Okay, so the last one, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. And it says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Praise the Lord. So, because most times we are forgetful beings, that's why he drew the emphasis in, um, in this Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 that we read. He said, lest you forget about the things that you have learned. Lest you um, disregard them. Because if you don't write it down, if you don't say, this is how God has helped me and given me grace to overcome sin. And you write down the basic thing that God helped you. For some people, it's actually hiding God's word, setting scriptures in their hearts. And because that set, those scriptures are revibrating in their hearts, sometimes they see certain things that naturally would tempt them to fall. And they are able to hold back and say, no, God has given me grace to overcome. And sometimes we are even um, kind of amazed at ourselves that things that naturally get us angry, we don't even get angry in such circumstances. Praise God. So we should not forget, but teach our children. Another potent way that we can teach effectively is through our family devotions. It said in that Deuteronomy 6 from 7 to 9, it said, while you are sitting down, while you are standing, while you are lying down, that means 
for every motion you are making in your house, it is an opportunity to teach. And um, because we know how busy we are, most times, it's something we have to be deliberate to be able to carve out a time that we have to teach our children these principles and also enforce them. And not just in teaching. Let our lives also show forth that this thing that we are teaching, we have also learned it. Praise the Lord. A very good example is the way we use words, the way we lie, the way we make excuses, or we blow things out of proportion. Children also see those things. And if daddy and mommy can do it, well, no problem. I can also do it. It's acceptable. Praise the Lord. Then another thing also that helps us to be able to seal the testimony of God in the hearts of our children is by also telling them our conversion experience. What made us turn to God? And if we have turned to God wholeheartedly, you know, deciding to really follow him all the days of our lives, there are remarkable things that we know that God did for us and how he helped us to stand. And when we tell them that, because most times they are tired of all this Superman kind of instruction. You don't lie. Make sure you don't lie. <laughs> and their body is telling them, <laughs> and that is how they are, they are getting these things. Because they don't want to face punishment. If they say they broke the plate, another thing is Cain will fall. So, but all these things are, by the time we are able to share our testimony, why is it that we turned from God? Why is it that we turned from certain friends and that we are pursuing God? It will also be something that will revibrate in their heart and say, ah, this is my daddy's experience. This is my mommy's encounter. If they were able to overcome in this circumstance, definitely I'll also overcome in Jesus' name. So another thing they also look at is the way we serve others, the way we love others, especially people who do not belong in our own kind of status. So how we talk down or we try to encourage them or how we try to empathize, it also helps them to build up their social relationship with others. So in, a, in an area also we can strengthen our our relationship with our children is to teach them how to respect elders. Sometimes we see that there is a gap that is existing between the young ones and the elder ones. The way they even talk sometimes, we find it very, very annoying that they are not able to really conduct themselves in a proper manner before an elder. And sometimes you can't even blame them because they don't see the right examples around them. So it is our own conscious effort that will tell them, this is how you greet this is how you respect. It's not when somebody is talking to you, you're walking, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm hearing you. And they're always in a hurry to do something. You stay where you are. You don't talk back when your elders are talking. And these are good things that when some people, they say, they might not really be able to figure out what is it that it distinguishes this child from another child. But they'll just look at that child and say, So these are the little, little things that really stand children out. And we see also the example in Genesis chapter 9, verse 21. That's the example of um, Noah and his children. You see, some of his children, um, Ham saw his father drunk and lying carelessly. And he went and called the others and said, Ah, come and see what that is doing. And even in that state of being drunk and asleep, the man knew what was going on. And when he woke up, he now placed blessing 
on the ones that did what was honorable and placed a curse on harm. And some people said it's the curse that is affecting Africa. That's a story for another day. But you see that helping them to understand that, you know, how you treat elders, how you treat people who are older than you can actually attract a curse or a blessing. Praise God. Then values, values. First Timothy 6 verse 6 says that um, godliness with contentment is great gain. In as much as we are godly, we are godly people, we fear God. If we are not contented, because that is the major problem we face in our society. Many things are tempting, everything, they will tell you, ah, if you don't want this, ah, you just pay 20,000. If you don't want this, ah, you just... The easy way is always available. And if the children are not contented in themselves, so something as simple as, it's not that simple, but writing an exam for someone else, children will say, mm, there's nothing there, at least I know physics, I, I, I know mathematics, he can pay me, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it in GCE. And people are doing it, and they feel ah, nothing. And what was the attraction? Praise the Lord. So also that we are godly, we should be what? Contented. That little one that we have, let it be enough that will help us to hold on to the faith that God has committed to us. Praise God. So another area most times that we find difficult to discuss with our children is sex education. And also, with the things going on, and this time there was pandemic and the lockdown, we know the kind of reports that we had. And it's just devastating that even parents, even parents, we are actually abusing their own children. It is so disgusting. But these are things that we should be able to help the children to understand it. Sometimes it's difficult. Some people don't even want to discuss it. And there was a time we did kind of a discussion in our children's ministry. Immediately they said we are going to teach sex education. Everybody's ear was going, yes, <laughs> including me. What are you going to teach them? But they are, the, they are red, the red signs, the red alerts. They are the green signs, you know. They are places an individual cannot touch. And there are places that an individual, you know, can shake a child, you know, normally. But once it starts crossing to other private parts of the body, we know that there is an alarm. And also for our children, when we arm them, that we trust them and that they can tell us anything and not be... <coughs> And we'll not try to kind of, um, hey, this, this, this child, I know you're wayward, that's why you're saying this. Once we try to dampen them and shut them up, they will not be telling us anything again. But it's to our own advantage if we can draw them close to us and educate them on these things because these things are real and they are everywhere. Then the perversion that is around, women, women liking their fellow women, men liking their fellow men, and in some places, they are allowed to marry. Those things are very, very rampant in our universities. Even in secondary schools, or not just universities. So these are things that we should be conscious of and try to educate them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we'll go back to the force of prophecy. We see in that place, Isaiah was told by God. He said, go ahead and call your son Mahashalahashbaz. Hasten to the spoil. And he said, by the time you keep calling him this name, it shall be a constant reminder to the people that the word the Lord has spoken will definitely come to pass. So there is a force of prophecy. 
that sometimes the things that we say to our children, we don't know they revibrate. The names that we call them, sometimes they vibrate and sometimes they start and we'll keep complaining and we'll keep complaining and we're not even being solutions to it. Praise the Lord. So let's watch the words that we confess. Let us watch the things that we say and also how we try to honor our children where they are. Then um, Proverbs 25 verse 2 says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search it out, to search out that matter. For every child there is something definite, unique, God has written concerning their life. And because you have received this child, it's not an automatic ticket that uh, you actually know what God has in mind for the child. God demands from us to search it out through the act of praying, praying for our children. And sometimes when we start praying for them, there are words that will be laid in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He will lay such words in our hearts concerning. It might also be a challenge that they are facing at that time. They might not be comfortable to discuss it. But even through prayer, we have destroyed the power that has, the power that has um, um, dominion over death in their life. And we are able to help them to stand for God. Praise God. So we'll talk about purpose in Psalm 139 from 13 to 16. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. Can someone get that place for me? Psalm 139. Okay, if I get it first, I'll read. You created everything, part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because you, you are to be feared. All you do is strange and wonderful. I know it with all my heart. When my bones were being formed carefully, put together in my mother's womb, when I was growing there in, in secret, you knew that I was there. You saw me before I was born. The day allotted to me, he, he all, had all been recorded in your book. Praise before God. Any, any of them began. Praise the Lord. So it says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet they were none of them. Praise God. So every person has something already written in the book. Even when they were not, some children that are, they are not yet born, but something has already been written. And once we are given birth to, God wants us to be able to do what? To search it out. For us to know the things that he has written, the great exploits. And sometimes too, because of those great exploits, it informs the kind of career those children would, would, would pursue in life. Because there are certain careers that when they take, they might, they might find it difficult trying to come back. Come back to what God has written concerning them. So, gaining the leverage of our parents having insight and being able to search out certain things, you will help the children not be able to go around and keep seeking, asking people, ah, what do you think? And this one, they said everybody is born of a, with a purpose. I don't know my purpose, though. can you help me out? But if their parents and the guidance that are over their lives can actually do these things for them, 
It helps them to gain that leverage. Praise God. And we see in Psalm 40, when um, the psalmist was writing, he, he declared concerning, he said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. And your words and your law is within my heart. Praise God. And he's actually prophesying about Jesus. How in the volume of a book he's already written. I said, I've come to do your will. And that should be like a disposition each of us should have. That we are able to look into the book and say, God, I have yielded myself completely to you. I have come to do your will. By your spirit, lead me. Let me not just count days. And yet it does not, it does not go in tandem with what you have written concerning me. And some of us, we are just, we are just living as the day goes. But there are specific things that are mapped out for us that when we catch it through the revelation of God that is, makes life easier and better for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Now also in the aspect of our marriages. Our children that God has given us, they are like people who are doing apprenticeship under our tutelage. And they are watching. Even the unsaid words. Even the time you just you know, walk around angry. You're not speaking to one another. <laughs> you think they don't know. They know. <laughs> and they are watching. This one, that is so angry like this. Yeah. What is the problem? And some that I, I've spoken with ask Daddy, Daddy, why are you angry? And you know, Daddy will not be able to say why he's angry. <laughs> because it's not something you can actually reveal. So it helps us to watch. If there are certain attributes in our lives, if there are certain attributes that we know, that we are holding so close to, tenaciously to. And these things, if we see them um, replicated in the life of our children, we will not be proud to see our children manifest those things. We should be able to go to God in prayer and say, God, please, this attitude, this anger, this overtalking, and sometimes we talk and we say the things that we ought not to say, this overtalking, please help me. Because if you're not careful, those children would, they'll multiply that one you say, though. If you just are able to stop out calling names, they will add something. And by the time that you are becoming like a, a grandma, or you know, at that stage, and you watch them manifest in the presence of their family members and um, their, their husbands, you don't be, hey, Kevin wants motanka. Hey, I that for a motwa. But you don't know that you sowed it as a little seed. And they have expanded it for you. And they are giving it back to the society. Praise the Lord. So, um, in our primary school, they told us that the family is um, the small unit of the society. So, if we want, and every time we look at the society, we also have complaints. Why the government is not doing this? Why the people are reacting like this? Why people are not able to be sincere? Integrity is a problem. Pa, 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 pa. And we cop, and we keep running commentaries. But when we look inward, all the people that are in the society are the product of a home. Praise the Lord. And just like the Igbos will say, they say, Nana, Mama, we see the Praise God. It doesn't happen the reverse. Although some people do the reverse, so some people, they are, hey, wonderful. Hey, lost God. Hey, this, that. But if you go to their houses, praise God. And that is not the testimony that God wants us. He wants that in our homes, that it will be a home that God dwells. 
It will be a home just like Titus, where one of our children were reading the qualification of an elder. He said, someone that is able to hold his home, that is able to discipline, that is able to correct. You know, if we go back to that Titus and read it, and we see that we don't have it, let's also ask God, including me, oh, there are these things I don't have it though. Help me. How can I be able to teach my children? How can I be able to transfer this heritage? Because that is the ultimate for God. That is the ultimate for God. He says that these children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. And which he is able to do what? To shoot out. Now, if you see archers in some of the films, they don't usually miss target. Some of them will put fire in their, in their this thing, arrow. And they are able to gain that target that they are looking at. Now, if we see our children and arrows in our hands, it's where we point them, that's where they will go. And as God said, if we train them up, even when they are confused, they will still come back. And they will come back and they will uphold God's word. And they will not depart. So, uh, the fruit that God has given us shall abide. And it shall not suffer loss in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, we'll go to why the children... Why is this so much talk about the children? And we'll look at, um, okay, most times now we see within the society there are so many songs, so many laws trying to protect the rights of the children. So many songs talking about making a better place for our children. And yet men are struggling. They are not able to uphold it. They are not able to um, uphold the laws. And we see that there is a problem. And it's just the way God said in... Um, in Psalm 127, said, except the Lord builds. They labor in vain that build. Except the Lord who keeps watch, watches over a city. Those who labor are just watching in vain. Praise God. The same thing with our children. Except the Lord teaches them, builds them up, helps us as individuals to be able to uphold them in prayer, in discipline, in also guiding our own lives. The thing we are doing is just like you know, just recitation. It's the things we are, routine thing. Uh-huh, go and dress your bed. Uh-huh, go and uh, sweep your room. Don't you know you tidy it? How you know if they have learnt it is when they leave the house. And you go to their room where they are. Whether in dormitory or in the university. I'll tidy up my bed any day that I feel. But when they have learnt it very well, wherever they are they will be able to sustain it. Praise God. Now, Matthew 18. Matthew 18, finally, our, our scripture, Matthew 18. Okay, so Matthew 18. And it says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, 
it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were dropped, he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Praise the Lord. So all of us are God's children. No matter how old we are, whether 60 or whether 70, we are all God's children. And God says, when we humble ourselves, we become converted. You know how these children are? They are very teachable. They are very teachable. If you tell them something, consciously, they can relearn. But adults, if we hold ourselves, after all, my qualification, do you know my pedigree, will be clinging to things and will refuse to change, will refuse to make amendments. So if we keep clinging to those kind of things, you know, the things that life has offered us, we find out that it will be difficult also to work with God. So God is telling us as adults that we need to convert our hearts to be like the children. And when we are humble before him, he will teach us. He'll cause us to grow. He'll give us the ability to stand for him. And also the ability to have eyes that we'll see. Because there are certain things that can be happening under our roof and we don't even know about it. Only if God helps us and draws our attention to them, that's when we'll be able to get that. Praise God. And he says, for those who receive these little ones, it's like they have received me, Jesus. So for each of us that have received these little ones, and we are willing to build them, to groom them, to teach them, to help them, to guide them. We are actually receiving Jesus into our homes. And God also will give us a reward that cannot be taken away. But if we have received them, and we have decided to let them live, you know, and by that they are misled into doing evil, even getting themselves astray. He says that it is better for us that a milestone is clean to the neck and drowned to a sea than that we face the judgment. And by God's grace, we will not face that judgment because we are teachable and we will learn to work with God all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Can we talk to God? Can we thank God for the word that we have heard? And reflect on our own lives. Are there ways that we have not lived up? We talk about revival. God reviving us. And God is saying to us this day that that revival starts from our homes. That that revival will spring up from our own lives. Let's ask God to help us to be good examples. Just as Isaiah has said, I and the children the Lord has given me will be for signs and wonders. And the name of the Lord will be glorified in Jesus' name. Perhaps you are not a child of God after all that has been said and has been spoken. You realize that you don't have that parent-child relationship with God. Your parents have been people that taught you about God. But like Samuel's children, you've turned away. This is the opportunity you have to respond to that knock Jesus has been doing at your heart to come back. Are you such a person? 
would want you to raise one of your hands that we might pray with you as we usher you back into the arms of the Lord who died for you. Are you such a person who has strayed from the paths of the kingdom and you are saying, yes, Jesus, I hear you. I open the door of my heart. Could you stand as we pray together and sincerely say to him, Lord Jesus, I know you have been knocking at my heart. I recognize I have been going my own way. I know I have sinned against heaven and before you. But I know that your blood was shed for me. And that you took the punishment I was supposed to take before God. I am sorry for my sins. I turn away from all wrongdoing. And I rely on your sacrifice for God to forgive me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash me in your blood. Make me a child of heaven. And seal me with your Holy Spirit today. I receive strength from you to overcome all those sins that took me away. Help me to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise because your Holy Spirit seals as many as come. Let there be, O God, that assurance of sins forgiven. Lord, let there be that coming alongside by your Spirit. Even as we heard in the recitation today, that you have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and conveyed us unto the kingdom of the Son you love. Let there be that experience even today from every sin, Lord, from every hold of unrighteousness in the name of the Lord Jesus. And help us, Lord, to be firm, continuing in your way. Thank you for your daughter submitting to your call and being a vessel of honor, a handmaid before you. Fill her continually with your spirit, both she, her husband, and children. Make them, Lord, as ensigns. Make them, Lord, examples of honor. Make them, Lord, fruitful always, signs and wonders in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church of God saying, Jesus loves me. Here.